0: What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 171 of your favorite podcast, the Great Eye Podcast. I'm your host Justin Haley, alongside my co-host Brandon Long. And today, we're going to talk to you about intro workout nutrition. I'm going to give a quick and effective breakdown of the chemistry, the physiology, and just why intro workout nutrition is needed for your best performance. There's some really good stuff inside. There's some things you might not have considered. I think you'll be able to learn something from this. As always, Gordon Podcast brought to you by Revive. So much brought to you by Shoes. Go Mahaley at checkouts. Please leave a five-star rating and review to be entered into the weekly $100 Amazon gift card giveaway. 171 It's going down. I'll see you inside. You guys, you guys, you guys, welcome back. Happy Monday. I hope you're having a fantastic Monday. Um, Obviously, with competition season starting, some travel um, is picking up a little bit. Me being deep in prep, um, you know, we're cranking out podcasts kind of as we can right now. But yeah, I mean, my energy shift is uh, definitely like very much so on clients right now. But what's really cool to me, did you look at last month's downloads? 70,000. 72. Mm-hmm. So we had the same amount of downloads back to back months, but we did six less podcasts. Oh, that's impressive. This past month. Yeah. yeah. So, if you take the average of what we get per pod, that, it, and then the carryover effect on the weekends, mm-hmm. man, we would have been right around 100K. Yeah, isn't that fucking cool? Yeah. But, man, I, you know. Just love, we would love we We'd love to see it. We'd love to see it. Yeah, you'd love to see it. It's just, it can't take away from my athletes. Right. You know, they mm-hmm. come first. And, like, these podcasts, honestly, when I was, like, at the beginning of prep or in all season, they're not that draining. Um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of easy to do yeah man right now they are draining yeah but like but today on sunday i don't you know i don't work sundays yeah but the more uh that we don't do it i feel like the more value packed that each one of them are like the more focused yeah, mm-hmm. i can be so we're putting them out as we can right now um you know we're just like uh next week we go to charleston we leave on tuesday, tuesday and we don't get back till sunday you know it's a sunday we likely won't you know record this is next week not this week but like i mean we're gone five days yeah you know so like i mean ideally i'd like to sit here and say um you know i i would like to do record a podcast one podcast a day until then but like the reality is yeah prep is probably not gonna like that but I appreciate you guys sharing. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Like, it's obviously still growing. Like, it's really fucking cool to see. So, um, without further ado, today, um, well, first, 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 I want to uh, to give a huge congratulations to Ashley Adams for the week and a fantastic performance. Um, We lost the overall somehow. Seeing videos and pictures, I'm not convinced. You know, I'm not one of those guys either, but yeah, that, that wasn't even. I mean, it wasn't it's even. It's tough. Comparable. It's tough to swallow. Yeah, like in bikini, it's one thing, but in women's, you guys like women's physique and mm-hmm. women's physique. Like, I, I, I don't, I haven't seen many times where that's happened in women's mm-hmm. physique. But you know, you never really know what's going on. I know um, right now there's still COVID restrictions and stuff. People are overlooking things. But, I mean, there were only two girls on stage for the overall. There's only two women's to see classes. Um, you know, it's not like you had ten girls to look at and you right. miss somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regardless, anyways, I'm always going to fucking fight for my athletes, too. But yeah, when I saw the videos and pictures, video, you know, when she first told me, I was like, hey. hey. Sometimes you get beat. And then I saw the videos and then I saw the pictures and I was like, Oh fuck. We didn't get beat. Yeah. 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 That's kind of what I told her after. It's like in my mind, like we, we accomplished, you know, goal one, goal one is to be the best women's physique competitor at the Pittsburgh show. And commonly, the best wins you overall, but mm-hmm. not always do they. Uh, so we're going to go to Junior Nats now with her. we got plenty of time to improve, but she yeah. has done a fantastic good job. job. Fuck yeah, yeah Fuck really yeah. good job. And, man, women's physique, she's so much fun to coach. Um, I want to talk to you guys about intra-workout nutrition. Okay, okay it's something very, very, very important. It's something John Meadows started teaching on, like, man, I saw it first maybe six, seven years ago. And then I remember being one of the first – um, one of the one of the newest or one of the earliest, I should say, people to kind of hop on board, like, yeah, this makes a lot of fucking sense. And I remember a lot of coaches, a lot of people telling me how overrated it was, how I'm focusing on things that don't matter. XYZ, XYZ, XYZ. Fast forward, we have researched application on this now, like... See, it's interesting to me. I've said this on a podcast before. It's interesting to me to come from such a physiological side of thinking that there's some things that just don't need research. It just makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But like now, as bodybuilding has grown so much and hardcore fitness has grown so much, we have applicable research applying in, in these fields. Some applicable, um, some of it that they want to be applicable just isn't really close. Um, Because at the end of the day, your controlled group is not near as controlled as a bodybuilder's day to day lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's just, it's not even close. A bodybuilder's day to day lifestyle is so controlled and regimented and structured that you can't. You can't compare that to what's going on in a lab, you know, x amount of times a week. Right? You know, if you meet up for 20 minutes three times a week in that lab, that's not a you know, that's not a real life control group. Mm -hmm. The real life control group is living this 24 seven, right? Right. But seeing so much research come out now, um, you know that you know pertains to things like intra workout nutrition, um, and and things like I'm really excited for the day when the like applicable facet cardio research comes out because there's going to be a massive difference in lipolytic activity between the facet group and the post-training cardio Mm -hmm. group or any other cardio fed cardio group um i can't fucking wait because like now you know there's been so many things people like you're focusing on the one you're focusing on the small things the some things don't matter Mm -hmm. and like people say about facet cardio like the reality is why do all the people getting in the best shape in the world do fasted cardio? Right. And why do they get into the best shape in yeah. the world? And how's come my clients who aren't able to do fasted cardio don't lose body fat or have the same rate of progress as my clients who are able to do fasted cardio? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 I'm excited for whenever that comes when out. When that data me, comes you know? out, you're gonna be like, That's why we've be been like, doing it. Yeah, I'll be like, I Told you so. Yeah, mean, we've been doing this stuff. yeah. Um but Inch workout nutrition, let's give a quick rundown of that. 1st um, inch intra-workout nutrition is primarily comprised of three components. From, I guess a fourth component, too. Carbohydrates, protein, or EAAs, the sodium and hydration content, um, and then the the. I like to talk about this, the stimulants around training as well, but we can also have creatine in there. I don't need to go over creatine in this podcast. Everyone who listens to this podcast and knows what it does and how beneficial it is. But first, the carbohydrates. Why are carbohydrates so important when we start training? So, you start training, there's an immediate stress response that happens in your body. So, the first working set, there is a blunt trauma response of cortisol elevation that occurs in your body. This is what forces muscle protein breakdown to occur. So, well, two things forced to occur. Number one, obviously, the mechanical tension against the muscle fiber when the fiber is actually being stretched and torn underneath the loading component of the exercise, which is the concentric and mostly the eccentric portion. Um, the muscle fiber tearing is the only thing that makes it, grow, you know, promote it to grow. Um, there's also two sides to that. Everything kind of dive into deeper, deeper, Layers or two sides, like one side's a neurological component, one side's a musculoskeletal component, XYZ. But this is going to be just about intra-workout nutrition, so we're going to kind of keep it there. This cortisol elevates, right? If we have nothing to offset it, if they were just in there drinking water throughout our training session, this cortisol is going to stay very, very, very high. So. One of the most important and, and anabolic responses in the body is the insulogenic response to training. It's commonly when we get an IGF-1 secretion and promotes growth hormone, elevation, things of the like, right? But this can only happen if cortisol is in control, right? So we're training, training, training. We're just drinking water, drinking water, drinking water. Cortisol continues to elevate, elevate, elevate. This drives muscle protein breakdown even further, Right? This also drives the neurological stress even further because the cortisol is compiling so high. It's compounding as the training session goes on. There's another component to this that as cortisol responds, you know, or as cortisol elevates, you have things like epinephrine, adrenaline, things that like that also elevate, that also force more. Um, um, energetic turnover inside the body. So you actually burn through your energy quicker, the higher cortisol goes, right? Cortisol is a very, it's very catabolic in nature. So the higher it goes, the more everything's broken down. You might be sitting there thinking like, well, how's more muscle protein breakdown bad? More muscle protein breakdown is bad because whenever muscle protein breakdown out. Um, numbers muscle protein synthesis your body never recovers fully there's a blunt trauma response there's a systemic stress elevation that happens due to this and this is going to actually keep cortisol higher throughout the day systemically it's going to take away from your sleep it's going to take away from your performance in gym xyz you can't just get out the gym you can if you're a beginner You can get out of the gym and you can make up for it in your day-to-day nutrition by, you know, eating enough, having enough protein, having enough carbohydrates, like really fueling yourself for performance throughout the day. But in the actual session itself, we can help this response a ton by blunting cortisol through your carbohydrate intake because... Once you ingest energy, what happens, once you ingest specifically carbohydrates, what happens? There's an insulogenic response that occurs whenever insulin rises, cortisol drops, and commonly vice versa as well. Like first thing in the morning, you wake up, big cortisol release, insulin comes in, you know, tries to flush it all out, tries to... You know, get get everything uh, homeostatic, regulated within the body. That's why before you take your blood glucose, you want to drink some water first, right? Because water can flush that insulin out. And having high systemic insulin first thing in the morning when you do take your blood glucose can, um, you know, have an effect on the BG reading. And then we're, we're getting kind of false biofeedback, right? So... We want to blunt cortisol during the training session as much as possible to prevent the muscle protein breakdown and to prevent the systemic elevated stress spike that is bound to happen if we don't do anything about it, right? The further you get with your training, the more and more and more and more important it is. So newbies don't have to worry about this as much just because their body is so susceptible to change. Like they get out of bed in the morning and like they can change, Mm -hmm. right? But when you're in the gym cranking away for, you know, Years after years, and honestly, like if you're a newbie, you might as well go and get used to it now because all it's going to do is help you. It's not going to hurt you at all. Um, there's a massive hormonal component to this intra-workout nutrition, okay? Let me just say right off the bat, too, if you're missing out on it, if you're not doing anything intra-workout, you are missing an absolute massive component of training, of progression, of recovery, of stress mitigation, Okay. Carbohydrates also obviously replace you glycogen. This means you could get a greater ATP response, especially when we're ingesting creatine monohydrate at the same time. Your body takes in energy like stored glycogen, mobilizes it as glucose throughout the body, takes it into a, a, a cell to turn it into ATP this adenosine triphosphate every time a muscle contracts in the body ATP is the energizer for that happening so refilling the glycogen sores that are depleted it could yield a greater ATP response and I would say it likely will yield a greater um, ATP response especially as you are a more and more advanced um, trainee. theoretically and likely this will this um, it will it will allow for greater volumization of cells due to potassium due to sodium due to uh, water having to push fuel into the cells in order to saturate it's going to have a greater volumization effect to the cell so the muscle cell is actually going to swell up a little bit Um, and there's actually a style of training um, who i think neil hill might be big on it Milosarchia has someone's huge on it's called like sarcoplasmic training and it's just where you want to flood the muscle and get it as pumped as possible and you force that muscle those muscle cells as big and full and hydrated and energized as possible and the goal was to kind of stretch out the fascia through a lot of that style of training right I'm not sure how much it works you know in practical application but both of those guys have coached some fucking monsters, so, like, there has to be something to it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we, we, I don't have my clients, and, you know, we don't really train through the pump, per se. It's always just kind of an overloading manner. Mm-hmm. Now there's also time to play where you can only overload for so long. Right. Like, at some point, you have to switch up your training just a little bit. Like, at some point, something's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, Maybe wear and tear in the body. Um, maybe, maybe honestly, you're just going through a block of not feeling super strong, and the weights are super fucking heavy and all that shit. That could be happening as well. Um, but the reality is, most of my training that I preach, and most that you know we do for ourselves, it's just simply trying to overload and tax that muscle. Now, the volumization of cells also greatly matters if you're. You know just doing that because there's an element of the pump that you want the pump means that you are delivering more nutrients and you are delivering more just overall energy to that cell you're you're mobilizing um, oxygen around your body at a at a quicker rate you're usually not going to have a pump without some sort of elevated uh, breathing pattern right so like these things these things do matter um, quite a bit theoretically and likely this will also uh, utilize intra-workout carbohydrates also going to increase the output you can give during the session um, because of these two factors, right? Your body's going to run better on some energy than no energy, but you know, we also don't want to be in there like cogging down like, like, we don't it's okay to come out of a session rather depleted. Every session is inherently depleting so like if you're, you know, if, if you're not an overly muscular person, you only um, you know, need 50 carbohydrates, say, or something like that, uh, 25 carbohydrates even for your training session, that's perfectly okay. We're not trying to refill every single glycogen store you have. We're trying to stop the process of muscle protein breakdown occurring of the training session not having the most output that it possibly can. And, and honestly, we're just trying to yield the best possible outcome for you with your training. This obviously allows that to happen. Now, liquid carbohydrates are highly preferred over ingesting carbohydrates like from a food source, uh, because liquid carbohydrates are already pretty much broken down. You don't have to do anything. They they get in. They, they're 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 so readily available as soon as you drink them that your gut's kind of just able to start dispersing them and sending them wherever they need to go. It passes right through your gut without much digestive issues. Um, you know, goes into your small intestine and absorbs through the wall. Insulin picks it up through the bloodstream and kind of takes it from there wherever it needs to go. Um, there is going to be a strong likelihood that this entire process is delayed if you are ingesting carbohydrates. There's a decent likelihood that not all the carbohydrates you ingest if they're in a food source are going to be broken down during your training session because your body is in a fight or flight mode. Your body's in a sympathetically driven state. This is not where digestion is, is prioritized. This isn't where digestion happens at an extremely optimal clip. This is where your body is focused on, on survival, on your performance, on maintaining homeostasis in a very uncomfortable sit, setting, things of the like. So the reality that it's going to start just trying to prioritize and break down everything in your gut while you're training, very, very, very low. Like I highly, 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 highly 10 times out of 10 prefer liquid carbohydrates. I don't care how low your carbs are in prep. I prefer liquid carbohydrates because we know for a fact that it's going to get utilized at a higher clip than ingested carbohydrates during your training session. Okay. Also, carbohydrates that need ingested, could just sit in your gut and they confirm it until your session is over. And you're in a more parasympathetic state, I and mean, that's going to cause gas, it's going to cause bloating. Your a, a lot of the water that you're looking to disperse around your body a lot of the electrolytes the sodium the potassium is going to be pulled into your gut just trying to break these things down mobilize these items and your gut's not able to process it because that's not your body's focus it right? might fuck up your session too it, it'll likely fuck up your yeah, session yeah you feel like shit you're yeah you're gonna, gassy you're not gonna perform well yeah yeah you're, oh you're belching or you're, mm-hmm. you're passing gas or mm-hmm. you know whatever you're doing your stomach's all or it's just crowling right? yeah your mm-hmm. stomach's just like not settled yeah I've Definitely been there. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and you know, again, that's why I say I highly prefer this because of course, you know, theoretically, again, it of course makes sense to have liquid carbohydrates, right? But like I've tried both ends and I've seen athletes on both ends and like liquid carbohydrates, they just simply work better. Yeah, they do. Like, Gatorade powder and two scoops of raw intra-workout can go a very, very, very long ways. A good intra-workout is not just going to feed you, it's going to hydrate you as well. And that's why I think Rawls you know, the best on the market because look what's in there. I mean, they didn't have, well, you're allergic to it, but they do not have that coconut water powder in there. Yeah. Like, that shit is so beneficial for hydration. Yeah, I wish I, wish I wasn't allergic to yeah, it. Yeah, dude, it's that pretty tasty. sucks. It's really good. Yeah. I know yeah, allergic you from drinking it. <laughs> you had it that one day, and you were like talking about how your stomach was messed up, you're yep. itchy or something like that, mm-hmm. and I was like, "There's still I took, no water." I took one drink yeah and i knew something was off yeah yeah and, and brandon's obviously allergic to coconut and as i did this coconut water <laughs> it's like oh shit <laughs> um so carbohydrates is pretty straightforward it's pretty simple honestly proteins why are proteins so important so there's two ways to do this i've again done both ways i've done the way isolate. which way i nearly all the fucking way broken down it really 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 is there is still an element of breakdown that has to occur in your gut to get the just you know the raw amino acids out of the out of the whey protein, but man, whey protein is like ninety nine percent broken down, right? Well, essential amino acids are one hundred percent broken down, like they're plug and play. Mm-hmm. There's no transcription needed. They just are what they are. So essential amino acids like raw has EAAs that are really tasty. Actually, I love the EAs mixed with intra. Uh, Mix a little bit of Gatorade powder. I Absolutely love that. Uh, but the EAs can help muscle protein synthesis to begin earlier than without. Now, this isn't going to turn you into like you're not going to recover during your session, right? But once your session is done and your body kind of re- like flips the switch of, okay, you know, we're settling down now. Body temperature is returning to normal. Uh, breathing is returning to normal. Blood pressure is returning to normal. I need to start recovering from the blunt trauma that was just, elicited upon me right so your body starts looking for amino acids to you know push specifically leucine to start the muscle protein synthesizing process leucine is what starts the muscle protein synthesizing process and you know like rawl's eaa has a a plentiful amount of leucine in it to make sure that that happens right So leucine gets plugged in, muscle protein synthesizing starts happening, and your body goes through just looking for protein, for amino acids to plug and play. This happens before you are in a parasympathetic state. This happens while you're in a sympathetic state, which is why EAAs are so important. Even just 10, 15, 20 grams, 10 grams if you're someone with, you know, within a normal lean body mass, 20 grams if you're a little bit more super physiological with your lean body mass. This is so fucking beneficial, and it doesn't seem like much in the grand scheme of, wow, I you know I have four hundred, you know grams of protein a day, whatever it is. This is plug and play by with your body right away, so your body is able to utilize these amino acids, put them right in there, start the rebuilding process. It it, it allows the or it forces the uh, immune system response to your training to be much less because you're you're essentially funneling the muscle protein synthesis yourself and understand every time you force trauma through training, your immune system has to respond. And this is why I'm such I'm so anti training when you're sick. If like I always tell my guys, if you go to the gym you cannot give one hundred percent, do not go to the gym. Like Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're in prep nine days out. Like, don't go to the gym. It's mm-hmm. going to make it worse. There's going to be a stress response. It's, it could elicit a cytokine storm. The cytokine storm could make you even sicker mm-hmm. because your your systemic inflammation is going to drive up. Your almost every vital vital bodily process is going to you know uh, be off within your biofeedback. Like, why why not just rest? Right. Like, stay the fuck home and mm-hmm. rest. Right? We have to be able to respect what the body needs. So. The sooner muscle burning synthesis can start, the sooner the recovery process starts, the less systemic stress we have, the better our next day performance and our next day recovery and our next day physique is going to be overall. It's pretty important, especially if you're not able to eat immediately after a training session. And like myself, I know it takes me a while to eat after a training session like even you know I I have all my clients utilize the revive calm post training because revive calm is made to help you get into a parasympathetic state from a sympathetically driven state that's literally what we formulated it for so it still doesn't mean that right away the side of your fingers is gonna happen. Sometimes I can't eat for an hour, hour and a half post-training because my stomach's just fucked up from how hard the training session was. Or you even got something going on. Or or yeah, yeah you like you do have something where like life does get in the way. Right. You know, no matter how structured you are, sometimes life does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reality is these EAAs, they're gonna go in right away, they're gonna start, you know, taking a place, they're gonna start cranking away, and they're gonna make sure they're gonna kind of cover your bases. It's like your insurance. That's kind of what it is. It's just insurance for proper recovery. Now, I do think this is something, this is like one of those 1% things. But the reality is, as you get more and more and more advanced, that percentage and in, in the the importance of this definitely drives up. And as you go further and further, you utilize these every single day, there's a compounding effect there of that 1% as well, right? It's like if you're constantly giving yourself, you know, a leg up on the competition, like maybe, you know, you're, You're probably not going to compete for another 12 months, right? If every single training session for those 12 months utilize EAAs and the guy you're going to be sitting on stage next to doesn't, like you are going to have a slight advantage. And those 1% add up. They They add up big time. mm -hmm. They really do. So it's like, why not just take that advantage? Mm -hmm. Like, why not just take it, put it on your side, especially if you're a competitive bodybuilder? Mm -hmm. I think it's a lifestyle athlete as well. I mean, that's how you're going to ensure the best progress. Like, I think it's kind of a no brainer to utilize this. Um, Hydration and sodium, most people don't drink enough. To replace the losses while sweating, while heavily breathing. I've talked about how your body expels a ton of energy through your through your breathing you do lose water through your breathing as well um through physical stress just acute physical stress um your body drops water from it drops electrolyte levels from during training i like my clients putting about a gram of pink salt into their um into their intra workout drink this kind of helps replace it it helps allow the nutrients to cross cellular membranes um it, it it honestly it allows you to have greater volumization During a training session, it allows blood pressure regulation during a training session. This is very, 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 very important. So I like adding sodium. anywhere from 500 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams or half a gram to one gram. Um, And having plenty of water, like we mix our intro workout in those 42-ounce, are those 42? 45. 45 45-ounce blender bottles, big blender bottles. So I fill it up maybe 38, 40 ounces or so, and I have that during a training session. Um, and then I usually smash one of those 16-ounce uh, waters during training session. Like, for me, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right, so as long as your is on point, I say that's all you need. Um, but, you know, that's, yeah, man, that's about 56 ounces of, of water, you know, across an hour and a half training session. Like it's, that's a pretty good rate, right? Now, stimulants around training. It's ideal to save stimulants for the needed session. So outside of prep, I really believe outside of prep, you should just to be pretty minimal because your motivation should be high. You should be well-rested. You should be well-fed, all that stuff. You just have to go in and give full effort to every single training session. That's really all you have to do. Um, it's a lot easier than in prep. Now in prep, like where I'm at right now, I'm 27 days out. Man, I'm, I'm utilizing caffeine every day to get mm-hmm. to that finish line. Yeah. I really am. Like, and you know it's going to be stripped, too. Yeah. Probably within, like, like 17 days. It is. Yeah, yeah, around 10 days out, you know, caffeine's probably going to get pulled. Like, mm-hmm. so I probably have 17 days left of, you know, stimulant usage to just get my mind right because I'm still beating the logbook, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Last prep, that stopped around seven and a half weeks out. Yeah, that's good. So I'm 27 days out, still beating the logbook every single session, like... I mean, dude, that's a mentality factor. Mm -hmm. Like, it really is. Mm -hmm. There's obviously a massive physical component to that. But at the end of the day, I just refuse to let that logbook drop. Like, Like, truly, I train like my life depends on it. I think this entire prep I've had... We started prep around twenty weeks out. Like I've had less than ten exercises that have dropped once, Mm -hmm. and none of them have dropped back to back sessions. Yeah, none Mm -hmm. of them drop. No, not even maintain. I would say ten maintain or drop. Oh wow! Everything else has been beat every single week, weight or reps. Yeah, dude, you just you make it non negotiable. You walk in there, down three, up five five to the right six. (laughs) Hell yeah! See, but obviously, yeah. I mean. We, I've lost a lot of weight. I mean, I'm 249 right now, so I've lost 30. I've lost 27 pounds this prep. Yep. Um, That's huge. Yeah, I've lost 27 pounds. That's huge know, when you think about like, You know how much weight you're moving still? Exactly. I've definitely built some muscle this prep, too, but man, we are struggling keeping me full. It is so hard. I have a very hyper-responsive metabolism. You haven't figured out? Yeah, I think we haven't figured out now. I feel pretty decent about it. Yeah. So caffeine is a vasoconstrictor. Understand it's very important. This does inhibit the capability of a pump occurring. Again, it can be offset by, of course, blood pressure, because the reality is at the end of the day, your you know, your 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 blood vessels, your your veins still have to dilate in order for you know the heart to be able to pump blood you know, through your body as, um, as much as it needs to during training session, but there's going to be a governor on it. And so then your body starts trying to metabolize the caffeine quicker than, you know, it, 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 quicker than caffeine's, um, exit time is. And, you know, we're, 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 the the body just kind of loses, it's not able to get full focus to the performance because it's like, fuck, you know, I, I want to get this out. I want to be able to to dilate my uh, blood vessels to transport nutrients, transport blood, transport oxygen, water, all this stuff. So your heart kind of has to work in overtime, has to work a little bit extra. Well, anytime we make the heart work a little bit extra, it's probably not the best thing in the world, you know, on top of the training session or cardio that we're already doing. Like your heart does so much for you, so respect and it's a really good idea. Um Caffeine use every day also obviously drives your, your, uh, you know, sympathetics to be much more sympathetically driven. So you're not going to be near as calm. You're going to be, you know, much higher anxiety. Um, you're not, your sleep is not going to be near as as strong as it should be. It's going to throw off a lot of items. I mean, there's so many, I would say, I would say 80% of new clients that I actually do bring on board are utilizing way too much caffeine. There's like a Very quick culture shock that I don't. I mean, I have it in the protocols. Like, you should not have caffeine more days per week than you do have caffeine. On the days you do have caffeine, 150 max. But man, I really like to be around 80. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are like, oh my God, like, I can't fucking do that. That's one cup of coffee. Yeah, it's one cup of coffee. But like, the reality is, you just have a you have like a placebo effect addiction to it, or addiction, I use that term loosely, rather than actual physiological addiction. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some people that go through withdrawals, like straight the fuck up, there are, but like you just have to stay strong. Like this is, you know, you only get one shot at health and, you know, one shot at, at, you know, this life, right? And you want it to be healthy, you want it to be performance-driven, you want to, you know, build an impressive physique. You know, this is one of those items. You have to be able to get into a parasympathetic state, you have to be able to recover, you have to be able to chill the fuck out, honestly. And honestly, I can tell, Often, I can tell when I'm reading someone's application or interacting with them via email before we start, I can often tell who who's drinking too much caffeine. I just based on, or either that or you're really fucking type A. Mm-hmm. And like, just you based need, off what they're saying. Yeah, you need Their to, be energy. Able to control both those things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you're too high energy, you're worrying too much about things, like, you know, whatever it might be. Right. Now, this is one of those two to 3% things, right? Say one week, you have four days where you use stimulants. It's not the end of the fucking world. It truly isn't the end of the world. But as you become more and more and more consistent with stimulants every single day, caffeine every single day, the, the, the pre-workout, the fat burns, you know, whatever it might be. It's a much larger governor on training, on recovery, on stress mitigation, on overall health optimization. There's just a 2 or 3% variable. I mean, there's people that pull caffeine who have these serious, serious, serious digestive issues and all of a sudden their digestive issues are gone. It's like, man, that's amazing how oh, that fucking happens, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when your digestive issues are gone, your endocrine system is able to thrive. And your mental functioning and clarity is much greater. And, you know, everything in your life is better. Your libido is better. You're and able to sleep you're Happier. Longer. You're able to sleep longer. Like so it's longer. amazing the effect that it has, right? Um, so just some intro workout nutrition considerations for you guys to, uh, you know, utilize if you want it. You know if you don't want to listen to me and you want to drink as much caffeine as you want it you know I also understand that but don't tell you I didn't told you so <laughs> so for episode 171 I'll see you next time